I'm Tanya Mosley. In 1987, my sister Anita vanished without a trace. Decades later, thanks to DNA, we found her. But that's only the beginning of the story. She Has a Name is a new audio documentary that explores the search for redemption, confronting trauma, and healing in the face of unimaginable loss. Subscribe now to Truth Be Told Presents She Has a Name, where every revelation brings us closer to the truth. Today is Friday, February 12th, 2021. On this day in 2010, University of Alabama assistant professor Amy Bishop shot six of her colleagues at the college's Huntsville campus, fatally wounding three. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from ParCast. Due to the graphic nature of this killer's crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of school shootings and murder. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today we're covering the 2010 school shooting by Amy Bishop. After being evaluated for a tenure position, Bishop was denied a renewal to teach at the school for the next academic year. However, there was little to suggest that she wouldn't simply move on and pursue a career at another university. It was mid-February at the University of Alabama Huntsville. The spring semester was just starting to ramp up again, which meant that Amy Bishop was back to teaching her classes. That Friday, the 45-year-old biology researcher and assistant professor instructed her anatomy and neuroscience lectures as usual. The faculty meeting that followed was typical for a weekday. Bishop joined 12 of her colleagues inside a conference room at the university's Shelby Center for Science and Technology. In fact, her fellow professor, Deborah Moriarty, would recall the gathering as so laid back as to be almost mundane. As talk about budgets, scheduling, and events petered on, there was little to hint that something violent was about to happen. But about an hour into the gathering, the calm was shattered. Out of nowhere, Amy Bishop jerked out of her seat. She pulled a handgun from her purse and proceeded to open fire on the room. Bishop first shot the woman leading the faculty meeting, then took aim at numerous others around the table. The conference room was windowless, and the sound of gunshots echoing inside became deafening. Amy Bishop continued to fire at colleagues in the room, eventually turning the gun on Deborah Moriarty herself. The professor clung to Bishop's leg, pleading with her to stop shooting. When Bishop attempted to shoot Moriarty, the trigger clicked. Her gun had jammed, giving Moriarty a fleeting window for action. As Bishop tried to toggle the trigger loose, Moriarty crawled into the hallway. Bishop followed her, still fumbling with the gun. Thinking quick, Moriarty sprang back into the conference room and shut the door. She and her fellow faculty members then barred the door with another table and wedged a refrigerator against it for extra weight. Meanwhile, others in the conference room who were not critically injured tended to those who'd been shot. As they called 911, it appeared that no less than six faculty members were wounded. Time seemed to stand still within the barricaded room. 
Deborah Moriarty later recalled the entire incident from the moment Bishop began to shoot until the door was barricaded probably took less than one minute. However brief, there were grave consequences. Next, we'll discuss a troubling event that was later tied to Amy Bishop's actions in February 2010. Hi, it's Vanessa from Parcast. They say there's someone for everyone, a soul to share your secrets with, a companion to grow old with, a conspirator to commit crimes with. Starting this February on Spotify, learn about the lethal and legendary lovers who fought the law in the ParCast Limited series, Criminal Couples. If you've ever referred to your best friend or beloved as your partner in crime, this exclusive series is for you. Beginning February 1st, join me for a collection of unlawful love stories from shows across the ParCast network. Discover the extreme beliefs of cult leaders Tony and Susan Alamo, enter Fred and Rose West's real-life house of horrors, and experience the madness and motives of the San Francisco witch killers. Fall for the most famous and feared pairs in history in the Spotify original from ParCast, Criminal Couples. Enjoy two-part episodes every Monday starting February 1st. Follow Criminal Couples free and exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. On February 12th, 2010, 45-year-old neurobiologist Amy Bishop arrived at a routine faculty meeting with her University of Alabama Huntsville colleagues. About 50 minutes after the meeting started, she pulled a handgun from her purse and opened fire on the group. After she fled the conference room, Bishop discarded her blood-stained jacket and weapon in a bathroom. She intended to slip out unseen and meet her husband outside the Shelby Center, but was intercepted by police outside the building. Bishop was then arrested and taken into custody. The shooting critically wounded six of Bishop's colleagues, killing three. It was as senseless as it was ruthless, and many wondered what prompted the usually reserved scientist to turn violent. It didn't take investigators long to uncover a vital clue. According to The New Yorker, a police chief from the Boston suburb of Braintree, where Bishop had grown up, called Huntsville's Sheriff's Department the morning after the shooting. His warning was grave. The woman you have in custody, I thought you'd want to know, she shot and killed her brother back in 1986. According to Amy's mother, Judy Bishop, when Amy was 21, she accidentally shot her younger brother, Seth. As Judy told it, Amy'd been home visiting from college and mistaken Seth for an intruder. The family had experienced a break-in at their house the year before, and Amy's father purchased a shotgun for security. Amy raised the loaded shotgun, but stopped short when she realized it was only Seth arriving home from running errands. 
but when she attempted to unload the gun, Amy accidentally shot her 18-year-old brother, killing him. Amy was held in police custody until that evening. Boston police indicated they believed it to be an accident, supported by a medical examiner's analysis of Seth's gunshot wound. Though the incident likely caused PTSD and shock, Amy Bishop didn't receive counseling or psychiatric treatment following her brother's death. When Bishop later married and became a mother, despite the appearance of normality, it became clear that she was prone to explosive behavior. She reportedly lashed out in public on various occasions, even physically assaulting a stranger at a pancake restaurant whose family was seated before hers. Bishop was also known to dismiss graduate students in her lab that she was supposed to be advising. Some acquaintances believe she was growing arrogant and resentful. This increasingly erratic behavior, coupled with reports that Bishop had grown bitter and isolated after being denied tenure, led investigators to believe the shooting was a demonstration of retaliation and anger. As Bishop awaited trial in an Alabama prison, the case of her brother's death was also reopened. In June of 2010, a grand jury indicted Amy Bishop for first-degree murder of her brother. Shortly after, she was indicted on multiple accounts, including capital murder and attempted murder for the February 12th shooting. Though Bishop initially pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity, she ultimately pled guilty and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Bishop tried unsuccessfully to appeal the ruling, and while she later expressed some remorse for her actions, as NBC News reported in 2015, many were wary of Bishop's sincerity. One survivor of the Huntsville shooting cited it as a ploy to reduce her time in prison. To date, Bishop continues to serve her sentence in an Alabama penitentiary. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Kitovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Mackenzie Moore, with writing assistance by Aaron Lan, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hi, it's Vanessa again. Before you go, don't forget to check out the new ParCast limited series, Criminal Couples. From apocalyptic cult leaders to bank-robbing bandits to married mafiosos, these couples give new meaning to Till Death Do Us Part. Enjoy two-part episodes every Monday starting February 1st. Follow Criminal Couples free and exclusively on Spotify.